This morning I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles and turn to the Old Testament book of Proverbs. If you find the book of Psalms, which is basically in the middle of your Bible, then the book of Proverbs would be one book over, the book of Proverbs. And we're going to be in the first chapter of the book of Proverbs this morning. We're going to look at the first four verses of the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter number one, begin reading with me in verse number one. Proverbs one, verse number one. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity, to give subtlety to the simple, to the young man, knowledge, and discretion. The title of the message this morning is The Purposes of Proverbs. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the love and care that you have exhibited towards us and Lord, uh, ordaining us to eternal life, sending Christ Jesus, your only begotten Son, to die on our behalf and then shedding his perfect blood that we might be made right with you based upon his sacrifice. And Lord, in time you caused us to hear the gospel not just with our physical ears but spiritually in heart and Lord granting unto us repentance and faith and we just give all praise honor and glory for our salvation to you and Lord as we gather together in your house today I ask that you'd help us to focus on how we live our lives here on this earth we are saved and because we are saved We understand that we are to honor and glorify you with our lives. So, Lord, help us to understand how we are to do that. And, Lord, help us to understand how the inspired Word of God fits in with that, and that specifically and especially how the book of Proverbs is designed to help us lead our daily lives. And, Lord, help us as we look at the subject before us today, the purposes of the book of Proverbs. Lord, help us in this to honor and glorify you, hold our attention on you and your word today. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. The purposes of Proverbs. Any person who seeks to honor God and live a useful, contented life needs to daily consult the book of Proverbs. Proverbs, and when I I talk about the purposes of Proverbs, I'm talking about the book of Proverbs, which contains obviously many Proverbs, but Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, along with the books of Job and Ecclesiastes, are referred to as wisdom books. Now we know from our Bible knowledge and previous studies and messages dealing with and out of the book of Proverbs that King Solomon is the main author of the book of Proverbs. There are a couple other contributors, but he's the main author. And what he's doing here is he is writing guidance for daily living. Now what is a proverb? It is a precept, a pithy maxim for regulating conduct in life. Irving Jensen, whom we used his uh, books uh, on survey of the Old Testament and the New Testament. We use those as our textbooks in the Bible Institute for Old and New Testament survey. Irving Jensen wrote this. 
in reference to what a proverb is. He said it is a terse maxim about conduct and character, primarily in the realms of spiritual, moral, and social. And if you recall from our study of the Word of God, character is who we are, conduct is what we do. We do what we do because of who we are. Now, the book of Proverbs, and the Proverbs specifically, cover a wide array of subjects. Wisdom, sin, the tongue, health, pride, idleness, love, pleasure, success, self-control, and morality. All of these are subjects and topics covered in the Proverbs. And so, really, when we boil it right down to it, the Proverbs teach us about the fear of God. Now, with all of this in mind, I go back to my initial statement. Any person who seeks to honor God and live a useful, contented life needs to daily consult the book of Proverbs. Is that not so? Now, because of what we've just covered relating to what the book of Proverbs is. We should use the book of Proverbs to set as guideposts for daily living. And I challenge you, and I've done this for years, to read a chapter of Proverbs a day. There's 31 Proverbs. Read a chapter of Proverbs a day and take one of those Proverbs that you read and use that as your verse for the day. You will not believe how God will use that in your life. Now, Solomon starts off writing the book of Proverbs by laying the foundation of what it is to be used for. What are the purposes, and I say purposes plural because there isn't just one purpose for the book of Proverbs, there are multiple purposes. And I submit to you that we will not see the importance of studying and applying the book of Proverbs in our lives unless we see the purposes of the book of Proverbs. And so today, our focus is simply out of verses 1 through 4 of chapter 1 to consider the purposes of Proverbs. And in Proverbs 1, verses 1 through 4, we see, and I would like for us to consider, three purposes, three purposes from the book of Proverbs, or for the book of Proverbs, each purpose that I give you is listed in a successive verse, right? So the first purpose is found in verse number 2. And I'm just going to give you the purposes before we get in and look at them. The first purpose is found in verse number 2. Proverbs was written to obtain an intellectual assent to wisdom. To obtain an intellectual assent to wisdom. In other words, so that you might know what wisdom is. Secondly, we find this in verse number 3. The second purpose of the book of Proverbs is to instigate action grounded in wisdom. So it is not just to know what wisdom is, but it is to live a life of wisdom. It is to instigate action grounded in wisdom. And then the third purpose we see revealed in verse number 4. It is to target an intended audience who needs wisdom. To target an intended audience who needs wisdom. So 
three purposes of the book of or for the book of Proverbs. Let's notice the first purpose. It is in verse number two. Let's read verse number two again. Now notice verse number one is simply revealing to us that this is the book of Proverbs, right? So, verse number 1, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. Now, notice the first purpose, it is in verse number 2, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding. This is why Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs. Now, I want us to delve a little bit deeper into this purpose, to, to obtain an intellectual assent to wisdom. You know that some people don't lead wise lives because they don't know what wisdom is. They've never identified wisdom. Well, Solomon starts off laying the foundation and the groundwork for the book, and he says, here's why I'm writing this book. That you might obtain an intellectual assent to wisdom. To know wisdom and instruction. To perceive the words of understanding. And so, when we think about Solomon's purpose in writing the book, and of course when I say Solomon's purpose, you understand it's God's purpose because as we've studied before, the Word of God is the inspired Scriptures and God is the author. And so even though he used Solomon and a couple other authors in some of the Proverbs to to give us the book of Proverbs, these are God's ideas. This is what God wants us to have. And so, when we think about the purpose of obtaining an intellectual assent to wisdom, literally the book is written to deliver to us, to deliver to us wisdom and knowledge. Now, we're going to give you some definitions in the message today that are absolutely critical. Because in order to know what we're talking about, we have to define terms. And so when we talk about the book of Proverbs, Think about these key words that have to do with the purposes of the book of Proverbs. The word wisdom. The word wisdom is used 54 times in the book of Proverbs. The word understanding is used 54 times in the book of Proverbs. The word knowledge appears 41 times in the book of Proverbs. And the word instruction appears 25 times in the book of Proverbs. Now, all of these words have to do with our attainment and our application of wisdom. And we mentioned a little bit earlier in the introduction that all of these relate to the the idea of the fear of the Lord. And that phrase is mentioned 14 times in the book of Proverbs. And so, Solomon is writing for this purpose to... To, that we might obtain an intellectual assent to wisdom. In order to accomplish that, we have to see that we have delivered to us wisdom and knowledge. Now, what is wisdom? This is critical. Because if we don't understand what wisdom is, and we don't have an intellectual assent to wisdom, then we will base our lives on the wrong foundation. We will make decisions based upon wrong ideas. Wisdom is very simply, and I've pointed this out through the years, it is the proper application of biblical knowledge. That is wisdom. The proper application of biblical knowledge. There can be an improper application of biblical knowledge. 
there can be an attempt for us to lead our lives without biblical knowledge. And all of those endeavors will lead to futility. As a believer, we are called to lead wise lives. We have to know what that means. Wisdom is the proper application of biblical knowledge. Listen to this quote from Brother Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon wrote, Wisdom is the right use of knowledge. To know is not to be wise. Many men know a great deal and are all the greater fools for it. There is no fool so great a fool as a knowing fool. But to know how to use knowledge is to have wisdom. And so we have to understand mentally what now what wisdom is now i'm making the point that in order to obtain an intellectual assent to wisdom we have to see that solomon is delivering to us wisdom and knowledge knowledge what is knowledge knowledge is pers- and by the way these def- these word definitions that i'm giving you are actual word definitions from the hebrew word knowledge in the old testament Knowledge is perception. It is skill. It is discernment. It is understanding. Webster in his 1828 dictionary defines knowledge this way. It is a clear and certain perception of that which exists. Or of truth and fact. The perception of the connection and agreement or disagreement and repugnancy of our ideas. And so... In order to to understand wisdom, we have to have a knowledge of wisdom. And so Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs that we might obtain an intellectual assent to wisdom. He is delivering to us wisdom and knowledge. Now, notice in verse number 2, the Bible reads, To know wisdom and instruction. The word instruction here literally means chastisement, reproof or warnings of instruction. Now, I'm hoping today that you'll use your analytical skills and your logical skills to put these ideas and principles together. Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs that we might obtain an intellectual assent to wisdom. He is delivering to us wisdom and knowledge. Verse number 2 says that the purpose is to know wisdom and instruction, to know Reproofs of instruction, warnings of instruction. How about this in Proverbs 19 and verse number 20? In Proverbs number verse number 19 and verse number 20, he wrote, Hear counsel and receive instruction that thou mayest be wise in thy latter end. And so how is it that we obtain wisdom? And by the way, we could have a completely separate message on the, the uh, obtaining of wisdom and all of the steps that goes in that go into obtaining wisdom and our, our focus on wisdom. Proverbs, uh, uh, Solomon wrote in the book of Proverbs that wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. That's not our focus today. Our focus is on the purposes of the book of Proverbs. And so, we are to hear counsel and receive instruction. Why? So that we might be wise. In Proverbs 19 and verse number 27, and I love this verse, and make this, make this one of your life's verses. Proverbs 19, verse number 27, 
Cease, my son, to hear the instruction that causeth thee to err from the words of knowledge. There is a lot of teaching that goes on today that is anti-God and anti-biblical. And you can build your life based upon those principles and the Bible tells us that we are to cease to hear that type of instruction. We are to be wise believers, properly applying biblical knowledge. Well, we got to have that first, right? And so, one of the purposes of the book of Proverbs is to obtain an intellectual ascent to wisdom. We see that Solomon is delivering us wisdom and knowledge, and it is so that, it is so that, secondly, we might be able to distinguish between right and wrong. This is the purpose of the book. To obtain the mental knowledge of wisdom and that we might be able to distinguish between right and wrong. Now notice verse number 2, the last part of verse number 2. He, Solomon writes, to perceive. To perceive the words of understanding. The word perceive literally means to separate mentally, or here it is, distinguish. Distinguish. When you hear something, how do you know what you're hearing is right? You read something or you hear something on the news. And you say, well, yeah, man, that, that makes sense. Does it? Do you know? Are you able to distinguish between right and wrong? Are you a wise person? Because wisdom is the proper application of biblical knowledge. And that means that what may sound right to you may not necessarily be right. Is this not the problem with our nation today? Is this not the problem with many, many Christians? They call right wrong and wrong right. And they have no idea what is right and what is wrong. Well, I'll tell you what's right and wrong. What God says is right and wrong. But you have to have wisdom to be able to discern that. Notice here the word understanding. He says, to perceive the words of understanding. The word understanding is literally discernment. Do you have discernment in your life? Here's the definition of discernment. You say, well, what definition is this? Well, do you remember years ago we did a study of character qualities? And we studied discernment. And here was the definition of discernment that we gave you. The spiritual ability to understand scriptural truths and perceive their application in life's daily situations. I mean, after all, we're, we're talking about how we live our lives here on this earth. Discernment is the spiritual ability to understand scriptural truths and perceive their application in life's daily situations. Now, let me give you an example of this or an illustration of this in the Scriptures. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 24. This is another one of my favorite areas of, Pro of the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 24, and I want you to begin reading with me in verse number 30. This is an illustration or example of how the book of Proverbs is to be used in our lives. Notice Proverbs chapter 24 in verse number 30. I went by the field of the slothful, and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. Now what, what is Solomon describing? He, forgive me, but he's describing a lazy fool. That's what he's describing. A slothful person void of understanding. A lazy fool. 
Verse number 31, And lo, it was all grown over with thorns and nettles had covered the face thereof and the stone wall thereof was broken down. Stop. Don't read further. Now you look at this and what is your reaction to this? Just the first two verses. Do you know that there are some people that would say, well, what's wrong with that? Man, I'm here to enjoy life. I got to get my party on and I don't have time to take care of my property. I got too much going on. You know, they could adapt the argument that I frequently make. Well, why mow the yard? It's going to grow again next week. Okay? But I do mow the yard, though. That's the difference, right? That's the difference. So how do you know that there's anything wrong with letting your property go to waste? Now watch, watch. Look at verse number 32. Then I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it and received instruction. This is a wise person who is able to discern between what is right and what is wrong, what is profitable and what is not profitable. Look at verse 33. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy want as an armed man. Solomon is literally saying that, you know, it's not just that you're not taking care of your property. The problem is your view of life. You are a lazy fool. You are somebody who uses get-rich schemes and is constantly all about. Or he says here in verse number 34, Thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy one is an armed man. Somebody who has nothing and they're willing to rob somebody to take from them because they're lazy and they don't have anything in and of themselves. Solomon received instruction from this. He was able to discern and distinguish between what was right and what was proper. We have a bunch of educated fools running our country today. I'm going to give you an illustration. You you all know who Stacey Abrams is, right? She's the one that would not agree that the election was fair in 2018, but somehow that doesn't matter. They can take President Trump and supporters of President Trump and vilify them because they would question the election results. But Stacey Abrams is allowed to do that. Okay? Listen to this. I'm, I'm re- and I'll, by the way, I'll give you the reference for this where you can find this. I'm just going to read this. MSNBC opinion columnist Dr. Esther Chu defended Georgia Democratic gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams' recent claims that there is no such thing as a fetal heartbeat six weeks into pregnancy, arguing the heartbeat at six weeks is a social construct that has more to do with the anticipation of future outcomes and little to do with what is actually present. On Thursday, a clip of Abrams denying that an unborn baby's heartbeat is present at six weeks went viral on Twitter, shocking pro-lifers. In it, Abrams said, there is no such thing as a heartbeat at six weeks. It is a manufactured sound designed to convince people that men have the right to take control of a woman's body. Let me tell you this. That woman is a nutty reprobate. She is a, she is a person who is bent on getting the right to kill as many babies as they want to kill. And she has no idea about what wisdom is. Really? So the heartbeats that can be heard by doctors 
is not really a heartbeat. It's manufactured just so men, misogynistic men, can control the lives of women. Beloved, that is the, that is the epitome of foolishness. And yet, look at her. She's running for the governor of Georgia. She's got support of what? 50% of Georgians. Where are we at today? To discern and distinguish between right and wrong. You know what I say to Stacey Abrams? Why don't you read the book of Proverbs? And maybe God will save your soul and you'll be able to distinguish between what is right and what is wrong. How about that? I'm about to get angry. Teasing. Come on, beloved. The book of Proverbs is written with this purpose in mind. To obtain an intellectual assent to wisdom. To know what wisdom is. You have to know what wisdom is in order to apply wisdom. So there's the attainment of wisdom. But notice the second purpose in verse number 3. It is to instigate action grounded in wisdom. Or if we might simplify it, if the first purpose is to attain wisdom, the second purpose is to apply wisdom. To instigate action grounded in wisdom. Look at look at Proverbs chapter 1 verse number 2 or verse number 3 rather, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice and judgment and equity. It is to receive it. It is to receive it and apply it in our lives. To not just mentally assent to wisdom. Not just to know what it is, but to apply it in our lives. To lead a life that is wise. Because you can distinguish between what is right and wrong doesn't mean that you will actually do what is right and avoid what is wrong. You distinguish between what is right and wrong. And then you know what? You lead a life that is characterized by the proper application of biblical knowledge. To receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity. Now notice in this verse, Solomon is giving us verses that make up our responsibility to apply wisdom. He's giving us the areas. We've already defined wisdom, so we won't go back and redefine that. But notice in verse number 3, he says, "To to receive the instruction of wisdom justice to receive the instruction of justice you know what justice is it is what is right morally or legally it is what is right judgment to receive in verse 3 the instruction of wisdom justice and judgment the word judgment it is is a verdict or a sentence based on what is just or what is right. We don't have that by and large in our society today. We don't have justice. We don't have judgment. And then notice the third area that he mentions here, and equity. Equity, the word equity here is literally in the Hebrew evenness. Evenness or straightness or uprightness. There is no partiality in wisdom, justice, or judgment. You see the scales of justice, and Lady Justice has got a blindfold. We're not supposed to have those types of things 
enter into our decision. Judges are not supposed to consider whether or not the defendant has a highly paid former judge as his attorney or a public defender. Justice is supposed to be blind. Justice, judgment, and equity. These are the areas that mark our responsibilities in how we walk wisely here on this earth. The areas. And then notice the application. The application of that which we have received. Knowledge, as we've already mentioned, is not the end goal. It is not just to obtain a bunch of knowledge because knowledge does what? It puffs up. Oh, look how wise I am because I know all of this. That doesn't make you wise. Read Solomon's other book in the book of Ecclesiastes where he talks about much book learning can make somebody mad or go insane. And certainly we see that today. We have a bunch of educated fools. Knowledge is not the end goal, but living or applying that knowledge is the end goal. And of course, and I say in this context it's the end goal, but ultimately it's to glorify God. Remember James? James wrote in James chapter 1 and verse number 22, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. So it's not just that we would attain a mental ascent to knowledge, but that we would, in, we would be instigated to, to apply it and that we would see actions grounded in wisdom. We are to apply wisdom in our lives. We're not just to know it, we're to apply it. In Proverbs 7 verses 4 and 5, Say unto wisdom, Thou art my sister, and call understanding thy kinswoman. Verse 5, That they may keep thee from the strange woman, from the stranger which flattereth with her words. Why don't you just go ahead and yield to your baser impulses? Why don't you, you know, I mean, after all, we only live one life. Why don't you just go ahead and yield to that? You know, after all, guys... You go to work and, you know, this woman's giving you all this attention or turn it around, ladies, you go to work and he's giving you all this attention and you don't get that at home and that's not right. Why don't you just give in to that? Because of Proverbs 7, verses 4 and 5. We call wisdom our sister and understanding our kinswoman. Why? That they may keep thee from the strange woman, from the stranger which flattereth with her word. Man, there's a whole message on how we can be enticed. You know, oftentimes we're talking about, well, don't look at this, don't look at this. You shouldn't. But Solomon says it's the flattering with the words and the language. Of, oh, don't you look good today. Man, I wish my husband looked like that. Wish my husband paid me these compliments. The flattery of the words. Why is wisdom important to keep us from falling prey to that? It's application. How about this? Proverbs 23 and verse number 4. Now you're not going to like this because I'm going to hit you I'm going to hit you where it hurts right now. Proverbs 23 verse 4. Labor not to be rich. Cease from thine own wisdom. Our own wisdom says, well I must do this to earn this. And God says, labor not to be rich. Don't use your own wisdom. Why don't you do this? Why don't you find out what I want? Search the scriptures. Find out what God wants because wisdom is the proper application of biblical knowledge. 
Labor not to be rich. Cease from thine own wisdom. Do you know, and we just don't have time to read this this morning, but I'll give you these that you can turn to. Solomon described in Ecclesiastes chapter number 2, that entire chapter, the folly of living life according to your own wisdom. He sought out possessions and pride and position and he was looked up to and was the wisest man in the world. And he sought all of these things as the basis for his enjoyment of life. And you know what his conclusion of the whole matter was? Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. See, Solomon was not living in that instance a wise life. He was the wisest man on earth and was not living a wise life. Do you get the conundrum? It isn't just the attainment of knowledge and wisdom. It is the application of it. It is living it. In Proverbs chapter number 1, if you're already there, in Proverbs chapter number 1, begin reading with me in verse number 20. Wisdom crieth without, she uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief place of concourse, in the openings of the gates, in the city. She uttereth her words, saying, How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. Because I have called, and ye refused. I have stretched out my hand, and no man regarded. But ye have set it not all my counsels, and would none of my reproof. I will also laugh at your I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh, when your fear cometh as desolation, and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distrust and anguish cometh upon you. Do you know what? And we could read well read the rest of the chapter all the way down to verse number thirty three. But you know what Solomon is describing there? The results of an unwise life. The result of what happens when you choose your life course and you make your decisions in life based upon what you want and apart from what God's Word says. The application applies here to wisdom, but notice as well, it applies to justice, judgment, and equity. One of my life's verses is Proverbs 21, verse 3. To do justice and judgment. Not stop. To do justice and judgment. Not to know what justice and judgment is, but to do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. To lead a wise life. Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs for the purpose of us knowing what wisdom is and applying it in our lives. To lead a wise life is to lead a life that does justice and judgment. Proverbs 24 verses 11 and 12 again speak to this topic of justice, judgment, and equity. In Proverbs 24, verses 11 and 12, he writes, If thou forbear to deliver them that are drawn unto death and those that are ready to be slain. What's he saying? He's saying that you could have been vital and, and integral in the administration of justice. You could have helped somebody. But verse number 12, If thou sayest, Behold, we knew it not, doth not he that pondereth the heart consider it? And he that keepeth thy soul, doth he not know it? And he shall, and shall not he render to every man according to his works? You knew what justice, judgment, and equity was. And you didn't lift a finger to have any part of it. God says, there's a price for that. 
So what are the purposes of the book of Proverbs? To obtain an intellectual ascent to wisdom. To attain wisdom. In verse number 3, the second purpose, to instigate action grounded in wisdom or the application of wisdom. And then notice the third final purpose in verse number 4, to target an intended audience who needs wisdom. Look at verse number 4. To give subtlety to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. The word subtlety there literally means shrewdness, discretion. So, it isn't talking about something that's, you know, shady or trick, trickery or, dis, you know, cunning. That's not the meaning. The meaning is shrewdness or discretion. In fact, this same Hebrew word is translated wisdom and prudence in the Old Testament. And so, the book of Proverbs is literally designed for the purpose of providing this, this subtlety, this discretion for who? for the targeted audience. Notice the first targeted audience is the simple. In verse number 4 he says to give subtlety to the simple. Now, I want to ask you this this morning. Be careful how you answer this. Are you simple? Are you simple? Because your initial reaction might be to say, no, I'm not simple. That That's a derogatory term. Or you might say, well, you know, I'm kind of simple. I like the simple things in life, you know. Um, the answer is I don't know which one applies to you. But I do know this. That either one of them could apply, and that's what Solomon is intending here. In other words, he's not just intending that the book of Proverbs be read by those who we would refer to as simpletons or simple-minded people in a pejorative way. That's not what he means. In fact, the, the, the word... The word simple has a dual meaning. It has a dual meaning. Listen to what Albert Barnes wrote about the definition of simple. He says, it is literally the open or the open-minded and open-hearted. The mind's ready to receive impressions, now get this, for good or evil. It is to be open. To all the impressions of evil, empty-headed, and empty-hearted. Now, you can be open to the good, or you can be open to the evil. And Solomon here, I believe, is intending both. So who is the, who is the book of Proverbs? Who is the targeted audience? It's all of us. It's all of us. Because when we are simple in the sense that we want to be, we want to be simple to evil. We, we don't want, it, we don't want imp, evil... We want to get as far away from evil as we can. You know what we need? Book of Proverbs. When we are in such a condition where we are simple and we are yielding to evil and we are naive, which we'll talk about in a moment, we need the book of Proverbs. Who needs the book of Proverbs? It's intended for all of us. In Proverbs chapter 8 and verse number 5, Solomon wrote, O ye simple, understand wisdom, and ye fools... Be ye of an understanding heart. We need the book of Proverbs. The simple. And then notice lastly, the young. The simple and the young. In verse number 4, to give subtlety to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. Now, now, why does he call out the young? Well, young people are often naive. They are naive. And they don't understand the ways of Satan. 
the wiles of the devil, or of the world. They are inexperienced in the things of life. When we are raising our children, we want to keep our children in some sense, and you might disagree with me, so that's a terrible way to parent. We want to keep them in, in some ways sheltered from evil. I think it's an idiotic parent that sets her kid down one day and breaks open a fifth of Jim Beam and says, now I'm going to teach you what it's like to drink so you'll stay away from it. It's idiotic. So young people are often naive. And if you, if you don't think that's true, then you just carve out some time with me sometime and I'll go through some of the cases that I have personally worked. Where I read the fact pattern, and don't get me wrong, you know how I believe I don't believe any victim deserves what comes their way. And you read it and you go, my goodness, I feel so bad for this young lady. How naive. How naive. It's not her fault. But it's a sad situation. How naive. Young people are not experiencing the things of life. Let me give you one example. You guys remember in the Bible somebody by the name of Dinah? Genesis chapter 34 and verse number 1. And I'll just read this to you for time's sake. Genesis 34, verse number 1. And Dinah, the daughter of Leah, which she bare unto Jacob, went out to see the daughters of the land. You know what Dinah was doing? Man, I've been cooped up in my parents' house all this time. I'm going to get out on my own. She was naive. I dare say what happened to her, but she wound up being the victim of a sexual assault. And that incident led to years and years, decades and decades, even Jacob on his deathbed remembering what happened there and pronouncing uh, descriptions of his children. I mean, it's a horrible thing. Dinah was naive to the ways of the world. You know what you need when you're naive to the ways of Satan and the world? You need to read the book of Proverbs. You need to understand God's wisdom. There's that young man who we can all just look at and it's almost like as if we're watching a movie and you know what's going to happen and you say, no, don't go down that street. Don't do that. You know what's going to happen. Don't don't do that. The young man that I'm talking about is the young man mentioned in Proverbs chapter 7. Proverbs chapter 7 and verse number 7. And beheld among the simple ones, I discerned among the youths, a young man void of understanding. And he goes out walking at night and he meets this woman, not my words, but the words of Scripture that says she's wearing the attire of a harlot. Oh, and she sweet talks him. And oh, my husband's gone on a long journey and and I I came out to meet you specifically. Oh, let us go back. You know, we'll solace ourselves with loves. I've decked my bed with all this tapestry and all of these fine spices. And what does the young man do? He just led astray like a sheep to the slaughter. Void of any wisdom. Naive. Do not ignore the instructions of the Word of God. In fact, what does the Bible say about the strange woman? Which is a common theme in, in, in the book of Proverbs. In Proverbs 2 verse 17 Concerning the strange woman, it says, which forsaketh the guide of her youth and forgetteth the covenant of her God. The book of Proverbs is written to the simple. Those that are seeking what is right and those that are blinded by what is wrong. 
It is written to the youth because people are naive and do not understand the ways of Satan or the world. You know what? Wouldn't it be great if we learned by the mistakes of others? We often say, well, you know, experience is the best teacher. I don't necessarily want my children or grandchildren to go through some of the things that I went through. I don't want them to have to experience that. You know, Darlene and I were watching the, uh, you know, that, uh, that, that comic, I don't know if you know him, Jamie Lissau. <laughs> it's hilarious, by the way. Good, clean humor. You know, he's talking about how his wife thought that, you know, raising their kid, you ought to teach them by experience, you know. And so he's, he's making fun of, you know, her taking the hand of the kid over and putting it on the hot stove, you know. And he's like, I want him to learn, but, you know, I want him to have a hand. You know, I mean, experience is not necessarily the best teacher if there's others that have already experienced and gone through it, and guess what? That's what the book of Proverbs is. It is chock full of those illustrations. There are three purposes for the book of Proverbs. To obtain an intellectual scent to wisdom, to instigate action grounded in wisdom, to target an intended audience who needs wisdom. And you and I need wisdom. I'll tell you what, you pray for me, I'll pray for you that I'll understand the importance of the book of Proverbs and seek to daily apply it in my life. And by the grace of God, we can. Let's pray.